Hello and welcome everybody to the initial episode of Holy Toledo. I'm Austin Roshlow. And I'm Matt Fine. And we're here today to talk to you about all sorts of different things. We've started this podcast because we just we want to bring you more from Savage Sports. And while uh, while we love the Russian Sprato show, that is a very sports intensive uh, podcast. And we want to bring you more, maybe a mixture of sports and pop culture here with Holy Toledo. All right, so I guess I guess we're just going to get into it. Matt doesn't have anything to say, I guess. Um, I mean, you just, you, you summed it up. Uh, you summed it up pretty well there. You didn't really leave me a whole lot of uh, avenues to explore in the, in the anything you left out category. So, Well, what are you excited to talk about with, uh, on this podcast? I mean, really everything. I've never really ventured out or done anything like this before, but I am very excited to, to start and to share my opinions with the world. And I'm excited to see the kind of reception they get. Because, you know, I sit here in my corner of the world and I think, you know, I know everything about everything. <laughs> and uh, I'm just excited to get some of that uh, some of that feedback. All right, so let's start. We are both pretty big gamers. I'd say Matt's a, Matt plays more video games than I, but I probably play more sports games just time time wise. Spend more time with them than Matt does. So we're gonna give you guys a breakdown of what we think of Madden 19. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely definitely excited to, to delve a little bit in, a little bit more in depth into uh, this year's uh, iteration of Madden. So both of us have been spending a lot of our time playing the Ultimate Team. I have played through the story mode Long Shot Homecoming, and I can dive into that real quick. So it starts a couple years after Long Shot One ends from Madden 18. And if I'm being perfectly honest, if you played the first one, don't even play the second one because the first one gave you a lot of choices. Uh, the most memorable one being at the end where you get to pick your team, uh, whether you want to play with Colt or you want to go off and do your own thing with your favorite team. And this year, there's none of that. You don't get to make any big decisions. The best way I can describe it is you're playing a movie. You get to play the football parts. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know this is a review of, of Madden 19, but uh, I was actually pretty excited for the story mode last year, um, just because I was I was kind of tired of of Madden, just like in general, like it was just a football simulator, and that's all it was. And you just kept doing the same things every year for sixty dollars when the game came out. And so I was really excited to get into it, and I really liked the aspect of the first one. Um, and if you played it, you know, you know. You kind of got to sit in on those on those meetings with coaches and like, hey, you know, this is cover two, and you know, because it's cover two, what's the best read here? So it actually kind of gave you a deeper, in-depth knowledge of, you know, for the people that aren't super familiar with football that play Madden, like, okay, so yeah, I do have to check the safeties here and see, you know, okay, two high safeties. I mean, there's probably cover two. Let me check the corners. What's the best? What is the open portion of the field? And it kind of, kind of gave that that second layer to Madden. Where like, not only was it a fo- was it a football video game, or just a video game with you know like your classic six hour Call of Duty campaign that they were trying to shove down your throat, 
it was it was actually taking time out to try to teach you stuff and, and I haven't played the this year's um this year's long shot at all and I, and I probably will just because sooner or later I will get bored with the grind that is ultimate team but uh yeah if there if you're if everything you say is true and there's not really a whole lot of behind the scenes it's kind of just like you know your classic you know story mode in a game that doesn't really need to have a story mode that's just it's kind of disappointing for at least for me yeah you know it's kind of it's it's an all right story it's probably above average for a sports video game story but I just wish that there were options and that there was choices that you could make instead of, like I said, you're really just watching a movie and then playing the football parts. And then if you don't succeed in the football parts, they just make you try again so that their story can continue. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's at least at least for me, you know, because I uh, for those of you that don't know me, I, I worked at a video game store for for the vast majority of the last four years. Um, and working at a video game store, you start to play games you wouldn't normally play because you get people coming in and talking about, like, hey, man, this this game is, you know, my favorite game of all time. I think everyone should, should be excited for it. I think everybody should give it a shot. And then, you know, that person leaves, and then I'm sitting at the store, you know, by myself for the next three hours, and I'm thinking, like, you know what? That doesn't actually sound like quite a bad thing. So I did have a lot of experience branching out and trying things I wouldn't probably normally try. And, and I got a lot of cool experiences like that. And I'm kind of burnt out on the stories that are, you know, cool, well, you failed. We'll just give you another shot. You know, I'm, I'm really into the games now that's like, hey, if you screw this up, it's just that's just how it is now. Like, you're going to get a different story. And I know there's definitely the technology out there nowadays to to have, have played with something like that. And, you know, a studio like EA has got the money and the resources to do it. So, you know, like I said, it's, it's just kind of disappointing that it feels like they took this golden opportunity and, and kind of flushed it down the toilet. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, obviously the, the gold standard right now for sports video game stories is 2K. And that, uh, I think that hopefully the story is better in this year's 2K because last year's story wasn't as great, but they invested all their time into building that new hub city that was really cool. But yeah, did, did that launch? Did the the playground? Did that launch in seventeen or eighteen? Eighteen was when the whole city was explorable. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because I didn't I didn't delve much into the two K. Yeah. Those are probably the sports games that I have the least interest in because of the the majors, just the you know the big four. Yeah. Um, basketball is probably just like the least one I'm invested in. Yeah. There's but, always too much going on. <laughs> but in FIFA, their story mode with Alex Hunter, I feel like this year or last year, I should say, had semi-meaningful choices you got to and but if you screwed up like you screwed up and there was impacts to that and it's made by the same developer in ea and so it's just really disappointing yeah, to see this the same engines it's so disappointing to see this just be basically a movie but i guess we should move on from being negative and maybe be a little more positive and talk about ultimate team and how much fun we're having playing that best part about ultimate team is the the there's no more contracts 
Absolutely. Your players are <laughs> your players, no matter how long your coaches are your coaches. You don't run out of anything ever. It, it's really great. I have noticed, though, that this year it's a little bit more of a grind to get those, you know, those uh, solo battles done. Because I don't play a whole lot online just because uh, I don't spend a lot of money on Ultimate Team. It's one of those situations where if you don't spend the money uh, compared to somebody that does, you know, you're just not going to be as good. You say that, but I think that of all of the... <coughs> ultimate team or my team in 2k i think that madden does the best job of giving you opportunities to make coins and to earn earn stuff to buy packs and and get rewarded on a fairly regular basis because i feel like in i think the worst one is mlb the show this year i mean that is such such a grind and uh for yeah, people, but, but with MLB, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, for people that don't like playing online, I think that Madden is the best at giving you opportunities to make coins uh, playing playing offline. Yeah, but the thing that I like um, and respect about this year's iteration of the show is is that the pack are the pack odds are terrible no matter what you buy so whether you grind for you know a hundred hours of real lifetime without spending any money you know you have the same chance of getting the the, the same players that the people that just spend a hundred dollars of real life money on you've got the same there's there's no like oh you spent real money here's you know an incentive to keep you know like keep giving us your money we'll keep giving you diamond players while in madden like yeah i've gotten some really good elite players out of just like standard drops and buying packs and stuff like that but i had like 20 dollars left over in my in my network account going in and i was like you know what i'll throw it on some points i'll um, i'll see what's up and i bought one pack one of the like the first legends packs that were out and i got like right away randy moss and from i think it was 2009 Whenever, what, one of the years he was with New England. 2007, probably. Um, 2007. And I got uh, a Mike Vick card when he played for Philly, like, right away. So I kind of saw there, I was like, okay, so EA is definitely trying to, like, milk the money out of people. And if, you, if you've just, if you've got Madden, even if you don't play Ultimate Team, just open up the store in Ultimate Team and you'll see, like, hey, there's, there's, there's packs that you can't get with coins. Yeah. You know, there's packs that are exclusively, like, if you don't spend real money, like, you just can't get them. And that, for me, that's where it's it's kind of like, that's that whole debate, you know, right now in video games, where it's like, am I going to be outplayed, or am I going to be outpaid mm-hmm. by my opponent? Yeah, and you know, I definitely... It's like, I might be a better Madden player. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I and I definitely see that perspective, but from my point of view... Uh, I guess I'm somebody who kind of likes shiny things and being able to play three or four games or just even moments uh, when playing offline and be able to open another pack, even if I don't really get anything out of it, that to me is more rewarding than something like MLB The Show where you have to play 15, 20 games 
just to open a pack, and then you get nothing out of it. And something that Madden does, which half of me is infuriated by and half of me loves it, is that they'll give you diminished versions of cards. So you can open up a pack and get, like, a 70 overall Dan Marino, and you're like, wow, I just got Dan Marino, and then you play with him, and you're like, oh, wow, Dan Marino sucks. But you get Dan Marino, and you're constantly opening stuff and getting rewards, and and even if they're not top-tier stuff, at least it feels like I'm earning something and I'm getting stuff, whereas other ones, to me at least... It, it just feels like so much of a grind just to get to open that one pack or to, to yeah, unlock yeah. that quest or something like that. Um, the, thing, the thing I do really, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a respect thing or a greed thing or if it's a, if it's a plan on EA's part. Um, their, their points, which is, so you buy, you buy, you spend real money and then you get what they call points. Mm-hmm. Um, Mad Ultimate Team points. Um, when you just play, you get coins, but their points are so expensive. Um, and, and, and I'm somebody that doesn't have a whole lot of self-control when it comes to things <laughs> in video games. It's like, or just things in general. Like even even when I'm just shopping at the mall, it's like, hey, I'll get this. I might not use it, but it's like five dollars, and it could come in use later. Like I was at the mall the other day at the uh, the Minnesota Biking Store in the Mall of America, and I came real close to buying a Teddy Bridgewater jersey and for those of you that follow um, I guess any sort of sports media you know Teddy Bridgewater you know his story and you also know he doesn't play for the Minnesota Vikings anymore but the jersey was $30 and I was like that might not be a bad one to have <laughs> um, but that's just that's the kind of person I am that's the kind of mentality I have when I'm spending money so it's like when I play a lot of these other games like I play a lot of Rainbow Six I play a lot of Destiny where it's like, oh, cool, I can get this gun skin. And it's it's literally like $1.79 for the one skin. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get it for $1.79. Like, that's nothing. But then like $1.79 on top of $1.79 on top of $5 here on top of $4 here. Like, that adds up. And it adds up really quickly. Um, but I, the thing I like about Madden, it's like I looked... Um, at one of the packs, it was like a bundle of eight of like their premium packs or whatever, and it was like eight thousand points. And I like I checked. I was like, how much real money is that? Because like maybe it'll be worth it. And I looked, and it was like seventy five dollars. And I was like, Madden's just looking out for that. you, bro. Yeah, but that's the thing. And I'm like, I don't know if that's, <laughs> you know, like are they trying to like really get people in the hole here, or are they actually being like? Don't spend seventy five dollars on an <laughs> imaginary football team. Um, so like, if, for me, I like that, but I can also see where, where that like people wouldn't like that, and where that would become a big problem for some people. But at least for me, I'm like, all right, EA, thanks for making that seventy five dollars, because then like all the temptation for me is gone. Well. Who are uh, who are some of the favorite players that you have that you've been playing with so far this year in Ultimate Team? Absolutely, Mike Vick, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm so um, jealous. I turned I turned down that uh, that rookie gauntlet uh, eighty seven overall Baker Mayfield card twice, even though he has a better overall. Um, it's it's only three, but it's still better. Um, but just 
I mean, Mike Vick is unstoppable. Mike Vick is the uh, he he is the the founder of the video game stack of untouchableness in any sports video game. And uh, I don't know if it's my nostalgia of remembering, you know, Madden 07 or whatever. Yeah, when we were growing up, man, (laughs) Mike Vick in video games was a cheat code. Yeah, and it was it just wasn't fair. And just getting that back now and remembering, I remember. when I first got the Mike Vick card, I was like, heck yeah, Mike Vick. I put him on my roster and I played a game with him. And that first drop back that he had, and it was left-handed. <laughs> and like, all the nostalgia came just rushing back. And I was like, this is Madden. <laughs> like all those other ones, like there was a football video game. But this, right now, is Madden. Yeah. And and that that for me, and I know it's it's biased, and I know like not a lot of not, not a lot of the younger players will, will get that. They'll be like, oh cool, Michael Vick, like he beat dogs or, or he whatever, you know, he he went to prison because he was fighting dogs. And it's like he might not be a good guy, uh, but we'll leave that up to some for somebody else to decide. But he is definitely fun to play with and at it. Yeah, and you know, you you've always been more the offensive guy. I've always been more the defense guy. Uh, I got a like eighty-one overall Jamal Adams, and he's one of my favorite safeties in the game right now. So that was really exciting. Uh, from the defensive pack, I got a eighty-seven overall Joey Bosa, who yep. who's a beast in real life and in Madden. And then this is going to lead us into probably our final talking point with Ultimate Team this year and what's new. But all of my corners right now are those upgradable cards. Mm-hmm. I have Xavier mm-hmm. Rhodes. I have uh, Champ Bailey, which is a little which bit one? of a throwback. Which, which Champ Bailey do you have? Uh, I don't. It, well, it's the upgradable one, so it's just Champ Bailey. It's not from any certain year. Yeah, because I got the. I'm a big uh, Redskins fan. For those of you that don't know me, um, I got the I got the Redskins Champ Bailey card. It's like a ninety-something overall, and it's uh, I may or may not have done a little dance around my living room when I when I saw that one. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so I guess we can go into those upgradable cards instead of contracts. Now, in the top part of your screen on the main menu for Ultimate Team, it's been replaced with a spot for you to see how many upgrade points you have i think that's what they're yep. calling them i could Tra- training it's training training yeah. points yep and there's the special purple cards i think they all start out at 68 overall um i don't i don't know if they all start out because like the captain's cards are different but i think all of just like the regular like the core yeah. players you get that are upgradable start at 68 yeah and you can use these upgrade points like matt was just saying on team captain cards and a couple of other different style of cards and i'm sure there'll be more because the game's only two weeks old but uh it's really really fun instead of in past madden games you'd get a well let's use champ bailey you'd get a 68 overall champ bailey and then you had to complete some single player missions or whatever and then you got a reward and then you'd upgrade your 68 overall champ bailey to a 72 and that would go on forever and ever and ever, right? But now, yeah. you keep the same card the whole time, and you just upgrade him with these upgrade points. And I think that that is, for me anyways, it's a lot more fun to be, to be able to keep that same card and just upgrade it 
to be a better card and a better card and a better card and you see it improve and you see this purple card move from the fourth string corner to now champ bailey's your nickel corner to now you know you keep upgrading him and as he gets better it's more expensive and harder to upgrade but as he upgrades now he's your now he's your starting corner and he's you know uh, a good card instead of this worthless piece of crap that you probably would have traded in yeah and i like uh uh two two things to go on off of that kind of um when you were talking about how like in the in the older iterations of the game how you know you'd get a card and then you'd have like the the champ bailey legend set to complete or whatever yeah. and, and yep. you'd do all the challenges and you'd have to do it with champ bailey Mm-hmm. So it's like get five interceptions with you know sixty eight overall champ Bailey to get him to seventy two, but I, I noticed in this year's version if you look in your objectives, it's just like okay so um, th- this year they did a lot with like the the this this year's Hall of Fame class so it's like get uh, Brian Urlacher's one hundred and fifty some solo tackles but that's just with anyone on your team you just have to to get 151 solo tackles with anybody and it counts and like rod woodson it's like get 10 interceptions because in like one year he had 10 interceptions yeah so it's like just get him with anybody and they'll count towards this total mm-hmm. um and i know that that bugged the crap out of me and like, that's yeah, and that's really something well. that really turns me away from diamond dynasty is yes. because you have all these you know 85 to 89 overall studs and then it's like to to complete this mission i have to hit 10 home runs with this 68 overall like paul canerco or something and it's like well this sucks because i have a 85 overall anthony rizzo here that i can't even use because i have to use the 68 overall paul canerco whose power is like 22 and this sucks but and then he comes like I don't know I don't know about this year's iteration but like I did not touch like online I, I only did conquest mode mm-hmm. um, and do you know how hard it is to hit a double and two home runs with a 72 overall Jared Saltalamakia <laughs> in a three inning game I do <laughs> <laughs> like that just blows my mind that like it's these people's jobs to like go over this stuff and like and to make sure that it's not incredibly hard and i'm not saying that they have easy jobs or it's not stressful but you'd think by i mean what this has got to be what the 15th 16th year of mlb the show no no it's not that old which is 15 was the 10th so this is the 13th this is the 13th round of mlb games and they just can't figure it out. And I don't understand whether they either people aren't leaving them feedback, uh, not enough people are leaving them feedback, or they just don't care. Yeah, and we're not but saying, like, or at least I'm not saying that it should be super easy to get, you know, 99 overall Babe Ruth on your team. I'm no, just saying it, that... It shouldn't be. I'm just saying that maybe instead of these, like, one-game chance things you know what i mean maybe make it get 25 hits or 50 hits with jared saltalamakia because then at least you feel like every game you're you're doing something as opposed to you know jared saltalamakia like you're saying 
striking out in his first at bat and you're like well crap now i should just restart this game yeah or like hey i just hit you know i hit three triples and drove in 18 runs in three innings with this card but it literally it got me nothing and that was the thing with me and this year's this year's madden there's the rookie gauntlet challenges which you unlock when you hit ultimate team level 20 and it's and they, like the Russian one, for example, which probably took me 20 hours to complete 10 challenges because it's rushed from a touchdown in one play from the one yard line and then in one play from the five and then one play from the 10 all the way down to your own one yard line. So you've got one shot to pull off a 99 yard run. <laughs> and I'm not great at Madden, but I'm not that bad at Madden. All right. And it probably took me 30 or 40 tries, but it's like, all right, cool. For my one-yard line, I just got a 37-yard rush with JHI and nothing. Like, in any other situation, that is, like, the best result you can possibly have. Mm -hmm. But in this one challenge, it's just make it or break it. You know, you either do it or that's just it. Which I get, like, the, the point, but at the same time, it's like, it's so frustrating, but I get it. They don't want to, they don't want to make it super easy on you to get all these super good cards, because then everybody would have them and it, would, it wouldn't be any fun. But I feel like a lot of it now is like, I, as I'm getting older and I, I just don't have a lot of time to play these anymore. Like, I just started a new job, and I get up at 6.30 every morning, and I work till, you know, 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and my girlfriend's about to leave for college, and I've got friends I want to talk to, and I've got, like, my mom I want to talk to, and other family members I want to talk to, and there's, like, shows on Netflix I want to watch, and there's books I want to read. Like, I don't have time to rush for a 99-yard touchdown for three hours a day, Madden. Like, let me have some of my life and make this one easy. <laughs> but I, I, I get it. I get it. I'm just, I'm complaining, you know, first world problems here and everything. But, uh, yeah, other other than that, just some of the, the annoyingly long single challenges. Because as a whole, I feel like, you know, I, I, I beat, you know, all 83 campaign missions in two days. And I've been going through the, the training camp missions. It's not taking me very long. And you're doing all these other missions where it's like, okay, yeah. You know, once I hit the overall threshold to, like, compete in it, it's not super hard. But just that one string compared to everything else was like, oh, my gosh. This is this is old Madden Ultimate team. Mm-hmm. Well, overall, I'm having very fun with this game right now. It's... uh. It's helped me get through camp this year, so that was nice. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, and I'm definitely not. I don't. I don't want it to come across that I don't like it because I love it. I'm having a great time. I like you know playing as the Orlando Sentinels because I just think that's a fun kind of nod back to the old you know customizer team days, and and I, I am having a great time with it, but. Uh, yeah, I would just look at it with a very critical eye there. So let's move on. We talked enough about Madden in almost half an hour. That's kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, Real quick, we're going to talk about fantasy football for a second. If you had the first pick in a draft with this year, who would you take? Oh, jeez. 
had the first overall pick for any player. Life or death right now, Deshaun Watson. In fantasy football? Yes. Well, I'm glad I'm in a league with you. (laughs) Who would you pick? Uh, So... Slight flex. I won my league last year. And the player that carried me there, and the player who I would draft number one overall, is Todd Gurley. Running backs don't repeat. Yeah, but he carried me to a championship last year, man. And that dude is just an absolute stud. And I'm not not saying he's bad. I'm just saying, I I don't know. I, I, I disagree with you, but... See, he does it. It's not like he had like close to two thousand yards rushing. He just he he scores touchdowns. He catches a ton of balls out of the backfield, and this offense is going to be even more dynamic this year than it was last year. Jared Goff's a year older. Do you not think though, with Goff's experience, that they that they take the ball to the air more frequently? They could, but that means more pass receptions for Gurley. Yeah. I don't know. I um, love Todd Gurley. I'm also real big on um no. Nobody listening to this can steal my fantasy picks if you're in my league. <laughs> but uh I'm real high on Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, yeah. Um, as a tight end, I think he slept on. Um, I think that uh Jay also out of the Eagles backfield, will be very dynamic because I feel I feel like his play style meshes a lot more with uh, Carson Wentz than uh, Darren Sproles um, also Carson Wentz this has turned into all the Eagles players I like apparently <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I'd say if he's there in the fourth or fifth round take a shot at Dalvin Cook because in the the handful of games he played last year he, there is he performed no well way Dalvin Cook is going to be available in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. Unless you're in like a four-team league. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, it's a, it's a big risk. Um, I don't th- I don't think it is, but... I'm excited to see all the analytics um, from, you know, ESPN Fantasy and NFL.com Fantasy as to where Baker Mayfield goes in a lot of these drafts. I wouldn't draft him. Um, no, no, and I'm, I, I would not either, not with uh, um, Tyrod or Tarod or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's right, Tarod, sorry. <laughs> whatever. Uh, sorry, Tarod. Whatever that whole, <laughs> whatever that is, but uh, I'm just, you know, it's a, it's a lot of, I know a lot of people took Johnny Football first overall when he made his debut for Cleveland, and uh, we see how well that panned out. Um, so I'm, just, I'm curious to see, because like, I'm not going to pick him, you're not going to pick him. But he's going to be there for somebody, you know. And I'm just, I'm, I'm curious as to see what the overall consensus is on uh, Baker, Baker Mayfield coming out of the, uh, the fantasy draft this year. Yeah, so we're in a league together, and we don't want to give away too many secrets. But give me one, one like deep sleeper that you're excited about. Um. So I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. And, gosh, if I had to pick one. Because I've got, you know, 
you get into fantasy football season, and, and I don't know about you or a lot of people, but I think late rounds, I'm like, all right, who would be there? Mm-hmm. Who might be there if if you can? And um, probably Josh Doxson from Washington. Bit of a homer uh, pick there, but... A little bit, <laughs> but I, I've seen his development over the last few years and he's healthy now he's completely healthy and I think with the new quarterback in Washington and Alex Smith and the the kind of shoddy offensive line that they have there's going to be a lot of quick hitting plays this year and you know there's not a whole lot of NFL film to go off of for Josh but you know watching TCU film and, and watching highlights of him he he's shifty and he can make people miss and I think in that kind of offense where you know it's, it's quick slants and quick hitches and, and stop and goes every once in a while I feel like he can get the open space and he can make people miss mm-hmm. and yards turn into touchdowns and touchdowns turn into fantasy points and at the end of the day that's what it boils down to so you gotta get playmakers on your team and I feel like he's uh, he's, he's one that, that might be able to do it alright my deep sleeper Cordero Patterson. He's in New England now, isn't he? Yeah. Yep, he's in New England. Yeah. I think that Bill Belichick is going to find ways to utilize him, uh, whether it be handing him the ball out of the backfield, uh, screens. You know, he was so frustrating in Minnesota because you could see the talent and it just felt like he couldn't figure it out or it wasn't utilized. And, you, I mean, we saw it on kick returns that when he has the ball in his hands, yeah. he he's a playmaker. And I just think that Belichick no, and I, Brady and that offense are going to find ways to tap into that talent that we haven't seen before. So say you have Cordero Patterson on your team, and he returns a kickoff for a touchdown. Do you get those points? I don't believe so. Okay, so it would only be if you had the Patriots defense and special teams that you would get those points. Yep. Okay. Okay, that was all. That was my that was my question. Yep. And that's why several years ago, that's why the Browns' defense and special teams were so good, was because even though their defense wasn't fantastic, Josh Cribbs was good for you know four or five, six returns a year, and uh, those are valuable. Yeah. And those are yes, they are. Um. Quick shout out though. Um, because you know it is Sunday, August nineteenth uh, is the day that this is being recorded. I just want to give a quick shout out, and let all of you know that it's uh, it's National Potato Day today. Um, yeah. Shout out to all the potatoes out there. Yeah, that's a big. Uh, I'm a big potato guy, and for those of you that are curious, number one overall is the French fry. Number two is the mashed potatoes, not followed. Uh, not followed very far behind in third place by the baked potato. Um, and that's just a little fun fact for today's episode because I, uh, yeah, today's almost over. It's a pretty good list. And speaking I've of had a few potatoes myself. <laughs> speaking of events today, I guess we should do a quick shout out to Lindsay Whalen. She played her last regular season game, WNBA game for the Minnesota Lynx today. Uh, Naturally, she went out on a win, and, um, you know, she is the winningest player 
winningest women's basketball player of all time in the WNBA. Is a two-time Olympic gold medalist. I mean, we could we could run down her accolades, but I'm sure if you care, you've seen them. And she's just been a fantastic representative for the state of Minnesota for several years, as she's going to continue to be as the head women's basketball coach at the University of Minnesota. So I just think it's appropriate that today being her final regular season game that we give her a shout-out. Yeah, Lindsay, if you're listening, uh, congratulations. You're the GOAT. So last but not least, diving further into pop culture, you and I have seen a couple movies recently, and I'll let you start with one of the two that you've seen uh, and just give it a quick review and what you thought. Yeah, um, are we doing spoilers here, or should I try to remain? Try Try to not really spoil it. Okay, so the first one I want to talk about, because in chronological order, it was the first one that I saw. Was Christopher Robin? Um, for those of you that don't know, it's the story of a of the elder Christopher Robin that uh, has a job at a business firm, and uh, it's not really young Christopher Robin. His adventures of you know, it's not the it's not the Winnie the Pooh adventure that, that we all grew up with, um, which I think is a fresh new take. You know, obviously Christopher Robin played by Obi Wan Kenobi, which awesome. Um, but uh, for for what it was, it was good. It definitely played on the cuteness aspect way more than than I I wanted it to. Um, it just you know in every stressful moment there'd be a quick cut to Pooh doing something that was stupid and would break the tension <laughs> and it, it, it never it wasn't ever bad but it, it just it just gave you know all of the movie um, all of the movies like intense moments or moments of conflict it, it really it really made him felt made him feel like there was no stakes because like it's Winnie the Pooh and what's ever gonna happen to Winnie the Pooh uh, it was a little long it, it could have been I don't know it's like only an hour and a half but uh, it uh, it did start to drag for me a little bit there at the end. But overall, it was it was relatively good. It was a it was a fresh new take on a classic story, which I know a lot of movies today are, are trying to do, and it, and it executed on that plan very nicely. It was just very very predictable. But uh, it's also a movie for children, so yeah, I'm not going to give it too bad of a rap. All right, so I saw the movie Alpha, and if I'm being honest, it was kind of boring. It lasted too long. Uh, It's the story of a, I guess, a young Native American boy kind of taking on a more, uh, you know, it's kind of his growing up story. Um... That's kind of all I'll say about that, but it it just dragged on, in my opinion. It uh, there's not a lot of talking in this movie. Uh, it, it's not a silent movie by any means, but not a lot of talking. And um, yeah, you know, there's there's some relationships that develop, but but I guess I just keep coming back to the fact that it just felt like it dragged on, and. Uh, 
and was was kind of boring ultimately. Uh, so yeah, that's my short little spiel on Alpha. Wouldn't wouldn't necessarily recommend it. There were, I think it's very, I think it's a very intellectual movie. So definitely not something to bring. You know, somebody with ADD or something too, because I think that they they will get bored very quickly. All right. Um, well, then the second movie that I saw, and definitely the worst of the two, was uh, The Meg. <laughs> um, I'm a big shark guy, for those of you that know me, you know, glued to the TV for that one week every week that uh, it's called Shark Week. Can't get me away from it. Um, I've got shark books from a, from when I was a kid that I still read. And I was I saw a new shark movie coming to theaters. I'm in. I'll buy my ticket right now. Um, I wasn't expecting a whole lot because there's really not a whole lot of ways you could go with a movie about a fictional shark. Well, maybe fictional shark, all right? That's, I'm a believer that they exist. Um, but yeah, it was it was really good until about halfway through. Um, everything was kind of believable, you know, because it, it wasn't really said as to, like, when the movie took place, so it's like, I'm assuming it was in the future because of some of the technology that they had, but it also could have been set in, like, a alternative universe at the same time period. Um, it just... It, there, there was no context, or maybe there was, and I just can't remember it, as to when the movie took place. Um, but the, the one scene, and I know we said we're not going to get into a whole lot of spoilers, but I am going to go kind of in-depth onto the scene that, that took it out of it for me, was that uh, Jason Statham's character... Um, okay, let me let me get, do a little background here. So they're, they're tracking the Meg, and it, like, gets out of where it, like, normally is, and it's going to terrorize everybody in the world, so they have to kill it. Duh. Um, and so this Jason Statham's love interest goes into this uh, this shark cage that's like made out of some synthetic material that's unbreakable like it'll never break um, to try to like poison the shark and so she gets in there and like of course like the shark's there and it attacks the cage and um, like the cage like the shark bites the cage and they're like it's not gonna break it's not gonna break which it doesn't but then you know the whole thing is like well if the shark can't break the cage like he's still gonna eat it so while the shark is swallowing this unbreakable cage jason statham's character jumps into the water with no protection whatsoever to try to get the girl out of the unbreakable cage out of halfway down the shark's mouth and that point for me was absolutely when the movie lost it. I was like, <laughs> I can leave literally whenever. Um, but I would recommend go seeing it because in two or three years, we're going to get a second one. Um, for those of you that follow movies or know anything about movies, uh, not a lot of America, American movies make it worldwide. Um, whether that's because there's just no interest for them or because of laws. Um, 
they're just they're either not seen or when they're there nobody goes to see them Uh, this is especially true in china where of the let's say there's a hundred movies released in the united states a year um, which i know is totally lowballing but we're just going hypothetical here seven to ten of them will make it to china um and this one definitely pandered to the chinese audience most of the movie is set in china there's a lot of uh, chinese dialogue that is subtitled um the two uh, one of the main characters is chinese um and that's where a lot of the emotion comes from in the movie um so you could tell that you know this the movie studio was like this is going to make us a crap ton of money and we're going to pander to the overseas audience because that's where it's going to make all the money because if they only get you know a handful of movies every year of course they're going to go see the one that they can relate to the most even though like i'm not saying that chinese people relate to megalodon shark attacks <laughs> but th- that's just what you see you know that's why you you, you see the implementation of of asian characters in movies for like not that they don't belong just that like you've never seen it before like you got that um in the last jedi with rose's character in the latest star wars movie you know the 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 20th century fox was like hey these movies do really well overseas because you know it's star wars it's going to go everywhere we should relate to them a little bit more you know because they're a big part of our audience and and you can kind of see that you know that's that's what makes these movies get picked um and it's definitely one of those that's going to go overseas and it's going to make a crap ton of money overseas and it probably already made a crap ton of movies or crap ton of money here just because there's not a whole lot out right now i think it it released next slender man which got like nobody um so like it's already made a crap ton here it'll make a crap ton over there and they'll they'll keep making them until they don't make any more money so you know it's going to be one of those we're going to get a few we're going to get a few sequels so you know it's it's bad enough where it's fun to make fun of it so for nothing else go see it for that well you have me intrigued (laughs) (laughs) uh so i think that's going to do it for us today unless you have anything else pertinent to like it be national potato day or something I'm just saying, it's all about the waffle fry. And yeah, you can rip me apart for that one, for whoever's listening. I know a lot of you fools like curly fries, but uh, they're an abomination to the potato. Oh, curly fries are Um, so good. No, see, that's, that's where you're wrong. It's all about the waffle fry. I'm not saying the waffle fry is not good, but come on. A good curly fry is... As long as we can... As long as we can agree that crinkle-cut fries are the worst fries, I think we'll be all right. I think I can agree on that. Of, of, of the four major fries, you know, you've got, you've got the, just the standard French fry. Yep. You've got the curly fry. You've got the waffle fry. And you've got crinkle-cut. Yeah, crinkle-cut's yeah, the, the worst. Fries. There's, 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 there's potato wedges... There's steak fries, there's, you know, um, 
you know, there's just there's a bunch of there's a bunch of ways to slice a potato. All right. But of the four major fry categories, crinkle is the worst. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the smiley fry? What's a smiley fry? French fries that look like smiley faces. You've never had a smiley um, fry? I mean, I, I might have, but not. I mean, they obviously didn't didn't leave any impression, so they must not have been very good. Oh my goodness! Well, with that, we're gonna let you go. Uh, thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at sav underscore sports. That's the uh, overall Twitter bio. Mine is at Rosh Chalk. What's yours? Um, I think it's at mfine4. I don't know. I never searched myself on Twitter. Well, okay. So it's at it's at Matt Fine one word uh, four at Matt Fine four. All right, so go follow him on Twitter. He needs more followers. Uh, And thank you for listening to us today. This has been the Holy Toledo Show. I'm Austin Rochlow. And I'm Matt Farmer. And we will talk to you all next time.